All right, y'all, here we go. Welcome to the Good News Cast. As always, thanks for listening. Um, before I hit record, we just talked for 10 or 20 minutes about marijuana. <laughs> uh, we did. Drugs, kids, we did. particularly. Um, and it makes me think we should probably do a parenting that, yes. deal. Yeah. Talk about natural, what we talked about just now, natural consequences how to protect kids before their brains are fully formed. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, we definitely need to do that. Uh, we should do like a parenting deal on that. Kind of like, um, I, I'm in the throes of that with three little kids, yeah. right? Of trying to figure that out. But um, uh, anyway, I think that'd be interesting. I just came off of, I talked to our youth about marijuana. Oh, last, you did? Last night, I was talking to the middle schoolers and I quickly changed subjects because I realized some of them know far too much and they're trying to instruct everyone else. And then some of them, I have no idea what we're talking about. So we, I kept it to the heart of how to figure out what is sin and what is not sin. Oh, good. Yeah. That's what, that was, that was the big idea of like, Hey, is marijuana a sin? Right. And then there's kind of this like debate going on sort of, and I just kept bringing it back to, here's the deal. Whatever the thing is that you're trying to figure out is a sin. You have to know how to figure out what, if something's sinful or not. So I'm talking to these middle schoolers, right? We go to the Bible, we go to God's law, Right. So yeah. Anyways, um, we'll leave it at that. That's but, good. That'd yeah. Be, we, we need to pick up on that. That would be, that'd good. be fun to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Last episode we did together, we talked dating. Yeah. Um, uh, very, uh, very kind of broadly. Um, uh, let's talk marriage. I heard so, there were three G's though to your dating. Oh yeah. Who told you that? Uh, I want to know what genius. Uh, it was actually Cooper came up to his mom wow. and asked if she knew about the three G's because she's dating Aaron and I'm doing their premarital counseling and asked her like, seriously, is Aaron have the three G's? Yeah. So the three G's are a famous, uh, famous, um, famous thing of what to look for in a spouse or someone you're dating. I made them up yeah. about two weeks ago, Very three good. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they're so famous that I'm going to sit here and try to remember what they are. <laughs> well, I know the one was Godly a godly, something. yeah, a godly, good-looking friend. Yes. Oh, what's the other G that maybe like you have a good time with? No, uh-huh. it's not that. It's uh-huh. not that. It's a godly, good-looking. Shoot, I'll try to remember. Yeah, Bring we got to get that, dude. That's a good because that that might that might become folklore. Around what are here. you What are you looking for? You're looking for a godly, godly good-looking, good-looking. I think I think Jennifer said. Sorry if you're listening to this, Jennifer, but said that Cooper actually asked, Mom, is Aaron good looking? <laughs> Mom, I just want to make sure. Uh, and she's like, yes, son, yes. I can't remember what it is that you have a good time with. Maybe that was it. Well, he got it. They're godly because friendship was a big deal, right? You're looking for a good friend. Yeah. I bet that's what it was. They're godly. Mm-hmm. They're good looking. Uh, you're physically attracted to them, and um, and you have a good time with them. Yeah. So you can just kick it and be friends. Got to be. Those okay. are three good Gs, dude. So you find someone, you find Triple G, not the boxer, not the famous boxer, um, but you find someone who meets the famous criteria. You get married. You've th- This is my first question to open yeah. us up, just um, kind of riffing on this. You've done a lot of... Uh, premarital counseling you've done a lot of marital counseling you have 
uh, you know people and you've conversed with people in, who are having a great time being married and doing really well. Mm-hmm. And then you've been in rooms talking with couples who are doing terrible. Yeah. What, what first thing maybe comes to your mind concerning um, like the heart and soul of marriage? Yeah. What it's about? Yeah. Um, the glue? Yeah. Uh, you know, of a marriage? What maybe comes to mind? Yeah. No, it's, that's so good. So we did this class. We just wrapped it up. We did the, um, we did the sex talk last night on marriage, sexual intimacy, sexual love. It was really good. Uh, so the fourth, this is the fourth one, but we started with the meaning of marriage, kind of the engine of marriage. And, um, well, it's, it's kind of like this. It's like I will have, and I have had couples. It doesn't matter whether it was five years. I've had a couple come in a year after being married. Uh, and another 10 years and then even 30 years will come in and it's pretty classic. Uh, they set up appointment, they call me, they text me, say, Hey, we just want to talk. We've got some marital things we want to need to work through with you. And I'm like, sure. They'll come in and the couple will come into the, the room. It doesn't matter where or where it's been over these past 20 years, one will sit on one side of the room, the other will sit on the other side, it's far away from them. And then I'm in the middle and there's this, just this, like a dementor just mm. came into the room. It's cold, all, all hope has left the room. And one of them, I'll say, so, you know, so-and-so, what, tell me what's going on. What did y'all want to talk about? And uh, one of them will speak up and look at, not even look at the other, look at me and say, I don't love them anymore Mm -hmm. and i've said this in these conversations to these folks and i will say to them and so um oh oh you're telling me that that your feelings of love is the meaning of marriage oh i didn't know that right that's what I'm trying to communicate to them. And what we end up doing is we will start exploring all the meaningful things of marriage. What's the meaning of marriage? What's the rock of marriage? What's the engine of marriage? And inevitably it circles around like compatibility, personality, uh, liking someone, loving someone, feelings, uh, romance, sex, financial security. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that are, that are out there. And, and uh, what, what we looked at a couple of weeks ago is that the, the meaning of marriage, like the woman you get down to the rock of it is that God brought you together. He did this work. So get on with your marriage, mm-hmm. um, learn to communicate, uh, work out your conflict. Uh, God brought two people, two individuals, brought them together and made them one and formed one new thing and it's a work that he did. It's not a work that you do. And because it's a work that he did, what a gift. Now, love each other. Find those feelings. Uh, recapture your friendship. Work through whatever the issues are that you need to work through. Um, and that is incredibly freeing. It's incredibly um, hopeful. Because your hope, your engine, your foundation is not something you do. It's something that's already been done that God has brought you two together. He's done the work. 
And now uh, you can work through whatever it is that we're here we need to talk about that you need to work through. And you have incredible hope of deepening and um, learning to become best friends functionally, learning to become lovers functionally, because experientially or objectively, it's done, it's happened. You don't make this, you don't make your marriage intimate. Uh, you don't make this marriage one. God's already done it. Mm-hmm. So that's where we start. And that does give people hope because when you're struggling in your marriage, you're looking to something that the other person needs to do or be, or you're looking at yourself as mm-hmm. something you need to be or do. And when that happens, it's never going to work. But if it's something that God's already done, now you can have the courage and the boldness uh, to move towards your spouse and even face things in your own life. That's a different way to approach things, that God has done the work. He's in this thing. Uh, He's at work in your marriage. He brought you all together. You have all the hope in the world, all the resources in the world, uh, all the ability to learn and grow um, and what specifically your marriage needs to attention mm-hmm. and, uh, and needs to move forward in. So that's the first thing that, that uh, usually we will talk about and communicate over and even tease it out a little bit just in asking what the implications of that would look like for this particular couple that's struggling. And I would say that, what do you think that would, how would this change even how you would approach your feelings and, and even how you think about compatibility? And I think we talked about this last mm-hmm. time where I said that, um, so that's where we usually start. And then, um, yeah. I mean, that's where I'll go. First thing I'll go is that. What? Um, so I think I think this applies e- even to to go back to like getting married to someone, because when when you know that marriage, being married to someone, is not about how you feel in a given right. moment, then it changes your perspective on thinking through getting married. If you think through getting married to this person based on like how I feel about them in this moment, you know, or in these like sparks, fireworks, dating couple of months or whatever it is. This argument. And that, and that alone, or even if that's like the major foundation, it's like, man, that's going to run its course, you know? And I've, I've had, you know, guys tell me, um, I I hear it a lot that especially at the first year of marriage is like the hardest year. It, It was not for me, but I do hear that a lot. Um, and I wonder if it's because you get married, kind of based on one thing, yeah. you know, like how you maybe feel or this or that. Yeah. And then you get married and it's like this whole new world of being with this person 24 seven. And it's just totally different. It's just totally different than dating. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it kind of like rocks your world a little bit. Um, but I've had guys tell me before, you know, like right when I got married, like early on, all of a sudden I like didn't really like my wife. I wasn't even physically attracted to her, you right. know? And you're like, what in the you know right but then um you know they their their marriage is based on something right uh more sturdy than that you know and um but anyway it kind of uh changes your perspective right of going like okay why do i want to marry this person is it just because of like these sparks i'm feeling or is it based on my understanding of what marriage even is what this covenant is and who they are 
and what I foresee for my future and their future. Uh, next good. next question, yeah. which is, um, uh, what maybe could husbands and wives do, or what have you seen that mm-hmm. if someone said, "Man, if you do this in your marriage, if you if you're intentional about this, you're right? Um, it is it is help it, it it helps." the health of your marriage, your relationship? I think two things. One is communication and the other is understanding and then making it happen. Uh, what real love is. Um, today we, we see love as either uh, a passion and an affection or a duty and an action. Um, and actually the Bible puts those two together and it's a coin that has Mm -hmm. passion on one side and action on the other. And so when, when one, like even that one couple that comes in and says they don't have the passion, what I'll eventually do is move into, because God's brought you all together, let's talk about what love is. And love is also self-giving action. And as you self-give an action towards your spouse, you're going to have the passion. It's mm-hmm. just the way God has mm-hmm. made things work, right? So, so love is both of those. And then I'll talk to the other person too that thinks it's all duty and it's all stoicism and mm-hmm. it's all just, uh, yes, I sacrifice, I serve. And and uh, I'll say, that's great. You're doing the action, but you want God, you want the feelings, you need the feelings. And we'll talk to them about uh, an illustration of just, let's say I came home and told my wife, listen, um, I've got us covered for the weekend. I've got your clothes. I've got your suitcase. And actually, we've got some money. We're going to go out and buy some, going to a nice place. Well, what about the kids? Kids are taken care of. What are we doing? Hey, it's all taken care of. And then she's just overwhelmed with, Mm -hmm. you know, thankfulness and thoughtfulness on my part, the action of love. And, and she throws her arms around me. Thank you, honey. You know, before we get ready. And I actually kind of brush her off and say, oh, honey, okay this is my duty Mm -hmm. Uh, i killed it right Mm -hmm. i killed there's no passion there's no affection Mm -hmm. so love's both and so in communicating that that also gives hope to each person if one person's more Mm -hmm. the stoic if one person's more the affection uh, or lack of in emphasizing and trusting god to work in the area that you do do it'll bring the other one into fruition Mm -hmm. so act your way into feeling Mm-hmm. And if you feel it, serve and act, and you'll complete you'll complete what love is. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is communication, and I think that's just huge. When communication drops, the relationship drops. Mm-hmm. It's as easy to mark and as easy to measure as anything else in the marriage. Um, and particularly, you'll measure it in conflicts. Uh, again, if I, if I invite you over to the house and we have dinner and, uh, we're having spaghetti and I spill the spaghetti on the floor and then leave it there and then say, I invite you over the next night and the spaghetti's still on the floor and now we're having lasagna and then I spilled the lasagna and let's say we just keep doing this for several weeks. Well, this white carpet obviously is ruined. Uh, but if I spilled the spaghetti and then cleaned it up and then I spill the lasagna and then clean it up. In one sense, the spills and the conflict don't matter because we're cleaning them Mm -hmm. up. We're Mm -hmm. 
resolving them, we're communicating, we're working through them. And that is more of a redemptive view of marriage and more of a redemptive view of communication and conflict. Um, and that also gives hope because the couple that's struggling or is in a season of struggling where they're just one conflict after the other. And, and then you get into a season I've, I've had, I've had this happen. I've had a couple that was married 35 years, um, come into my, uh, office or the coffee shop, wherever we were. And we'll start talking about, you know, what's going on and their issues. And they'll mention what their conflict is. And, and I will realize, and they will realize that they have never cleaned up mm-hmm. a conflict that went back to 30 years ago. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, okay. So we've got 30 years Mm-hmm. of spills that have never been picked up. Mm-hmm. And they're just normal, ordinary, two messy, sinful people living in a marriage mm-hmm. relationship together that if they would have cleaned it up, it was just normal, ordinary stuff. It wasn't, it wasn't an affair. It wasn't anything that was mm-hmm. like attacking the foundation of marriage. So those are two areas that immediately any couple right now can apply communicate, mm-hmm. uh, clean up your spills, mm-hmm. um, get a grasp on what love is and where do you tend to by personality, uh, lean towards, are you more of the feeler? So you're naturally going to have the affections, but you're not much of a, a self giving action that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Well then work on, mm-hmm. work on the self giving action. If you're more of the doer and the servant, but you're not like the feeler, mm-hmm. Uh, ask God to develop and complete your love with some passion and affection uh, and warmth. Either way, move forward knowing you've covenanted. Yep. Uh, together. God brought you together. Yep. God has brought you together. That work has been done. Um, and of course, there are there are some biblical exceptions. Um, but generally speaking, you know, we're talking about a marriage that, that maybe you've realized you love to kayak and he doesn't, and you're wondering if you should call it quits, right? <laughs> uh, it's like, um, okay, listen, you have made a covenant. God has brought you together. And it sounds like regardless of how you feel about each other right now, regardless of the passion, you continue to move forward and act. Yep. And you continue to move forward and love each other learn about each other, figure out how to communicate with each other, yeah. understand that you're two different people, understand that, you know, she or he does it this way and that makes zero sense to me, you yeah. know, but um, uh, I'm going to move forward in love and and trust that there's a lot of life ahead of us. Without there's a lot of God's power and God's work and God's grace and God's mercy ahead of us you know, and so we don't want to be so arrogant to think like, we just know, we just know nothing will change in the next 50 years. Yes. Really? Yeah. God is at work. So, so move forward in commitment and love serving each other. Um, and I, as we wrap this up, I'll even add to, I think, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but huh. I think even I, lately for me in the, this has been a while now, I'm, I'm, I like mornings. I'm not a late night guy. I'm a morning guy, yeah. but even recently, I've noticed how much I need, need, need to be alone in the morning. 
Um, and so I've made it a, even more of a priority to get up and be alone. It's kind of like this. I just get a bit charged up um, ahead of the day. It I think it makes me better all yeah. around, better husband, yep. better father. Um, that I'm up and I just have this like okay, this time like I mean literally sometimes I might even just be zoning out and it's right. just quiet. Yes, you know, um, no one's gonna talk to me. Yes, um, I think even sometimes figuring out like what do you need? You're still an individual. Yep. Um, so it's the whole serving another person is not like, don't think about the things you might need because you might need, you know, I've got to figure out what, okay, I need alone time. Yeah. Okay, great. When can you get it? Yep. At four in the morning. Great. That's when you got to go get it. Yeah. Or (laughs) my wife goes to bed early. My husband goes to bed early. The only time I can get is like 10 PM. Okay. Maybe you need to stay up a little later to get that 15, 60 minutes whatever it might be, right? There's right. a thousand things. If I go kayaking once every year, I'm a better <laughs> father right. and husband. Okay. Work with your spouse and figure out when is the kayaking going to happen? What Saturday? Yeah. I need this. It helps me. It helps me reset, right? Mm-hmm. I think we all have to figure out not only our spouse, but ourselves. How do I love them? How do I give them what they need? Yeah. How do we communicate and and figure out how to live this long life together? Yes. Well. Yeah, no, that's excellent, bud. Without a doubt, yeah. And of course, of course, I know like that can easily go into the superficial or, or kind of like s- almost selfish of like, I need, you know, right. every other week, I need to be alone for <laughs> right. seven days right. so you can take the kids, right? right? Of course, I'm not talking about that, uh, but just that like the long haul, like what does your life rhythm need to look like to be a good spouse? Yes. A good uh, parent. Yeah, I think it was Peter that was just saying, husbands, you know, uh, live with your wives in an understanding way, Mm -hmm. which is fascinating. So it's like, know your wife, Mm -hmm. Um, get to know uh, the differences and, you know, the differences that you appreciated also become what becomes most annoying later on in your marriage, right? So understanding the differences and and working and knowing your wife that way. And then also, Paul, when you combine what you just said, it makes me think of that where Paul says, listen, husbands, <laughs> nobody hates their own body, mm-hmm. right? And so if God brought you two together, which he did, and now you're one new flesh, one new creation, uh, whatever you do to each other, you're doing to each other. Mm-hmm. How you treat your spouse is now treating the new creation the new one flesh reality your body so it's very fascinating even that is a you know do you talk to yourself that way do you treat Mm -hmm. yourself that way you know um so along with that you know what what does your spouse need what what refreshes them yeah and loving them and giving to them what actually freeing them to to do those things Mm -hmm. it's good All right, a lot more obviously could be said. We've got three or four classes that Jeff did on marriage, um, either at our church website, redeemerwaco.org, on our YouTube uh, channel as well. You can find those uh, classes on marriage, but a lot more could be said. Just wanted to hit some highlights today. Um, Next week, we'll probably do a theological uh, topic, and then maybe we'll hit parenting. We're going to kind of start reshaping, I think, the podcast around um, interesting or tough 
or just good theological topics, um, you know, some more practical topics like like this, uh, maybe uh, pop culture. I mean, in the sense of like what's going on in culture, what's what's what are major conversations going on, bring the Bible to bear on those kinds of things. Um, so until next time.